You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Well, we saw shares retreating from their five-week highs today as Johnson & Johnson's move to pause its COVID-19 clinical trials has raised serious doubts about the timeline of a vaccine. Over in Europe, we saw Airbus slipping after JP Morgan downgraded its rating uh, on the stock. Uh, the mini-budget, uh, I'm hearing whispers, is uh, potentially going to be moved out by a week. We'll have to wait and see on that. PSG's discount to NAV uh, has widened further. Uh, some executive changes at Ultron as well. And mining continues uh, its slow road to recovery. Lots to talk about with Ness and Nair, portfolio manager at Sassen Wealth, and Devin Shute, head of investments at Robert Group. Uh, Nesson, let's start off with uh, the US market. And the general overview seems to be that uh, we're in for a blue sweep in the US election. And that seems to have boosted markets. I can't understand why, though. Doesn't Biden want more taxes? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, good, good afternoon, Mike. I'm not sure, you know, whether we're going to see that blue sweep. Remember four years ago uh, when Hillary Clinton was ahead of Trump in the polls and, you know, people had almost uh, a bit on a, um, you know, on a, on, a, on a Democratic victory, but it wasn't to be. So the markets, I think, are a little bit, my sense is a little bit Trump-friendly, you know, if you cast your mind back a few weeks ago when he was diagnosed or when he tweeted that he'd uh, tested positive for COVID-19. The market's actually had a negative reaction. And then after his miraculous recovery, you know, they seem to go on uh, on, on, on a trot again. So, you know, I'm, I'm of the view that one should be a bit careful. Uh, mm. U.S. elections are never, never an easy thing to, uh, mm. to predict. And you know, no matter what the polls say, it's always a tight finish. Um, but right now, I think you're right. I think the markets do look like they're taking a little bit of a breather. And uh, to bring you in on that point, Devin, the markets and the betting markets got it horribly wrong in 2016. They also got Brexit horribly wrong. Uh, I was looking at one of the more credible pollsters out there, Nate Silver. He's uh, ascribing an 86% probability to a Biden win. That almost makes you want to go the other way because uh, it, it is, to Nesson's point, a very, very close run thing and a difficult move to call. Uh, that said, we are seeing a proper risk on move at the moment. What do you think is fueling it? Uh, I think we've lost Evan again. We are having a few issues with our phone lines this week. Uh, I think I'll come back to you then, Nesson, and talk tech. We saw Apple up uh, 6.3% ahead of the new uh, 1400 US dollar iPhone release. Uh, I, I just can't get how anyone would fork out that amount of money for a device that uh, you uh, upgrade every couple of years. But still, it's driving uh, the tech sector at the moment. Uh, and as I look at uh, the screen it's uh, the only one in the green over in the u.s absolutely uh, you know amazon's also up alibaba uh, you know disney as well you know disney's having a good run almost five percent up as well google so i think the tech shares still remain a uh, you know an, an area of, of, of very strong investor support uh notwithstanding the risks out there of course you know we had city groups results out today as well that even though that was a beat slightly, I think the the, the, the market sold off as well, uh, you know, in anticipation of, uh, obviously, with the whole Johnson & Johnson announcement that uh, you mentioned earlier on, you know, the fact that they're halting these vaccine trials because they're getting some side effects. or they, They've got one patient with, with side effects that were not 
completely explained and decided just for safety reasons to hold back on it. I think that's just put a damper on it, especially now, especially in Europe, you know, with the uh, incidence of uh, COVID-19, you know, having escalated and the threat of, uh, you know, a further lockdown in Europe. We were really pinning our hopes, the market was anyway, uh, you know, on a vaccine coming to the market. Uh, But that's not going to be anytime soon. At least that's what we know right now. So I think that's the reason why we may have had a little bit of a sell-off. But as you say, tech's still looking pretty strong. And uh, speaking of tech, we had Allegro listing uh, in Poland uh, yesterday. We saw the shares jumping as much as 65% in that country's biggest ever IPO. And why is that important uh, for South African investors? Well, it wasn't too long ago um, that uh, we had uh, NASPAS deciding to offload a 100% stake in Allegro to a consortium of private equity funds. I think the price tag was just over 3 billion US dollars. If you look at the valuation of Allegro after last night's close, just under 19 billion US dollars. Is this uh, another big mistake uh, by uh, NASPAS management, Nathan? Yeah, you know, I think you hit the nail on their head there. I think they exited a little bit too early. Um, they've been focused on this discount in there for a long time. And businesses like Allegro, uh, it was not easy to work out what the net asset value was. So I think, uh, you know, they, when they did receive an offer for it, they thought it was a great price and went ahead. And nobody could have anticipated the sort of rally that we've seen this year in technology stocks. Um, you know, it was uh, probably in hindsight a better idea to have waited uh, for the IPO to take place. It was always going to be a popular one, uh, especially because the Eastern European uh, geography, if you can call it that, uh, especially Poland, wants to be an IT hub in that area. And so businesses like Allegro would automatically find investor favor. But of course, you know, they couldn't get it all right. They got 10 cents right many, many years ago. Uh, and one or two others actually in fairness this one, unfortunately, they did it a little bit too early. Mm, lots of swinging, uh, more misses than hits at the moment, I'm afraid. Uh, Devin, I believe we've got you back on the line there. Um, we're talking about infrastructure uh, this week in particular, ahead of the uh, President's uh, long-awaited reconstruction and recovery plan. Let's say the plan is market-friendly. And it ticks all of the right boxes. Which stocks would benefit if infrastructure promises actually do materialise? Yeah, hi, Michael. Sorry, having our own tech gremlins there. So, look, I, I think, as you say, if we do get a, a credible plan, which, which is, I think, still an if at this stage, there are, there are definitely local stocks that investors want to be looking at and possibly positioning themselves there behind them. I mean, remember, we've had a virtually a construction slump since the big run-up to the, the 2010 Soccer World Cup, where, you know, the construction sector was flying high, valuations were looking good, they were attracting capital, and since then there's been decimation. So what, what you need to look at is for, for companies that financially are looking sound um, and, and obviously will be able to deliver. So, you know, an, an obvious one for, for us, although not necessarily the biggest company, is Afrimat. Um, they have really managed their way well through this incredibly tough environment. They've done a few very meaningful um, and well-considered deals. So we, we definitely think that's, that's one to look at. And then maybe a little bit more controversially, but PPC, uh, I mean, I'm well aware of the, the issues they have had, and, you know, shareholders can probably expect 
to to have to inject more capital into the business in the next six months. But there's only limited players in in that space, and and I think those are possibly two to look at directly related to construction. And and then another idea that I have is possibly around the banks. You know, the financing of these big infrastructure projects, the the, the deals. Um, in, in that regard, I think are going to be very profitable for the banks, and, and they're trading at, you know, almost multi-decade valuation lows. So I, I, I think those those three areas are where investors can start to look at on provision that we get a, a credible recovery plan. Absolutely, and I suppose the other question, Nesson, is whether or not we're going to have any big construction players left uh, to actually uh, execute and fulfil um, any of these grand infrastructure projects. Uh, Murray and Roberts uh, certainly got out of uh, out, out of the country. Uh, Group Five and a few others uh, went bankrupt. Uh, they uh, either bankrupt or badly financially distressed. And uh, we've got a few smaller players left, and the likes of Afrimat, which is very high quality but building materials. So one does question the capacity to to actually follow through on a, a grand infrastructure program. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. Uh, you know, uh, if you think of the names and, uh, you know, Avenge, I think is a, a shadow of what it used to be. Marion Roberts still doing pretty strong, but it's because of the offshore expansion, as you as you mentioned, you know, the, that stock's been doing very well in the last two weeks. I don't know if you've watched it carefully, mm. uh, but they did announce that you know, the, cloud. the Australian subsidiary mm. uh, managed to land a big uh, contract on, 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 on that side. Um, PPC, I think, uh, certainly needs, I mean, if you look at the results out recently, they certainly need um, uh, the, an infrastructure program of some magnitude. Uh, you know, uh, as, but ArcelorMittal, another one, you know, steel provider, um, comes to mind, uh, and I think the finance group. Ultimately, it's a question of whether or not uh, the, uh, the government actually implements a lot of this infrastructure build. Um, you know, and, and if if it's done on, on a reasonable basis and on a commercially acceptable terms, I'm sure they'll get financed. I think the market is skeptical. Just looking at the share prices of those, you know, the, the PPCs and the um, the articles and things. Just looking at the share price, it doesn't seem that the market's really bought into this big infrastructure drive, or these shares would not be trading at these levels. That's why uh, we eagerly await uh, the announcement on Thursday. And then in Reetland, we know it's been tough. Equite's uh, property fund uh, has announced uh, an increase uh, in its distribution. But some interesting issues around its inco- its accounting. And if you, I mean, you just go look at note seven. Uh, interest capitalized has increased by about 67%. That now exceeds 100 million at the halfway mark. Uh, and all of that is included in the dividend declared. Without that, that all-important dividend uh, clearly went backwards significantly. Uh, Devon, what do you make of Equite's uh, release? Yeah, I'm not quite sure there, Michael. I mean, it, it is it is quite difficult to get comparable numbers through these. And with you know the various new IFRS standards coming coming through, it becomes increasingly difficult for for investors there. You know, to really look at what the what the core operations of those businesses were doing and the resulting distributions to investors. I mean, investors had a, a similar problem, I, I guess, with the, the PSG group results that were also out today, um, also non, non-comparable. And there they're now being classified as an investment entity. They're not consolidating the subsidiaries. 
So, you, you know, I, I think a, a note of caution to, to investors to, to really make sure that you compare apples with apples and where there's a standard change, you know, to try and understand where, what that's been driven by the underlying operations. And that's the, the problem, though, if you look at it. Uh, equine share price is, is something of a risk for the company as well. It needs to raise capital to fund its developments, yeah. and it's mostly in logistics. But the, the problem with REITs is you've got to pay out um, most of your profits uh, as per the REIT legislation. So growth has got to be funded either with debt or, or more equity. And uh, if you look at uh, debt, that obviously messes with the gearing ratios. Uh, you can use more equity, but um, the management team don't want to do that because of the low share prices at, uh, at the moment. And the end result, uh, Nesson is just low growth in, in that asset class right now. Yeah, I think that's a considerable concern for a lot of investors looking for growth in property shares. You know, a lot of these companies chose to become REITs only because uh, there's a favorable tax treatment, uh, you know, you, that you receive by being classified as REIT. And it made sense for a lot of investors to want to be able to, uh, for a lot of these companies to be, want to, to be able to do that. But this year has shown that sometimes you need to conserve cash. And uh, the JSE was quite adamant about, uh, you know, REITs having to pay out that distribution, that rental distribution, in terms of the legislation. I think, uh, you know, uh, I think it was Bokile that uh, ultimately uh, was trying to get them to just, uh, uh, you know, stay that for a while, but it wasn't to be. So it's a concern as to how you grow in an environment that presents reasonable growth opportunities for the long term. Uh, but of course, then you have to raise capital or raise debt, which is not entirely, uh, you know, the, the best thing to be doing right now. Yeah, well, I would still rather go uh, the the equity route uh, and uh, and actually face up to uh, perhaps some some poor decision making that happened in the, the past, rather than go and gear up in such an uncertain environment. Uh, very interesting to see which way it goes. Ness and Nair, portfolio manager at Sasson Wealth and Devon Shoot, head of investments at the Robert Group, with your view from the market.